Welcome to Brain Health Matters, a series of courses, programs, and shows just like this, all designed to help you become healthier so your brain can become happier and stronger. This week, from the Brain Health Archives, can you improve your brain by creating art even if you're not an artist? Stay tuned to learn how. Brain Health Matters is brought to you by The Musical Brain, book three in the Healthy Brain series. Enjoy the fun and easy practices in this book to improve your memory, sharpen focus, and master your mind with the healing power of music. Available on Amazon everywhere. Yu Zhong Song is a board-certified art therapist, artist, and content creator for the YouTube channel and podcast, Thirsty for Art. Yu Zhong is, pa- is passionate about bringing therapeutic art making to the everyday person and using art as a healing tool to express and understand yourself. She's here to spread awareness about art therapy and encourages people to pick up their paintbrushes and create without judgment. Welcome, my dear. I'm so, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Kate. Oh, I'm excited, excited. I, I was just mentioning um, in our talk before we went live is that I'm a stalker. I just love <laughs> your website. I hang out there quite a bit and imagine myself actually being able to paint something that looks like something. So, <laughs> so but art therapy, we're, to, we're here to talk about art therapy in the brain. And art therapy, that's not about creating a beautiful piece of art for others to watch, to look at, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are correct, Kate. I think that a lot of people kind of confuse what art therapy is and what it's not. Um, so if, if I may have permission to talk a little bit about that. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically art therapy is like therapy plus art making. Um, so I know there are lots of kind of different definitions out there, but I believe the essence of art therapy is basically um, art making to express how you feel and um, understand yourself from that process of creating with the guide of an art therapist. Um, And art therapy definitely helps with so many different things and it's really good for your brain health too. And we, we can talk a little bit more about that as we go, but yeah. Please, yes. So it's not about just the visual um, appearance of what we're making. It's so much deeper than that, yes? Yes. Yeah, so it's not, it's not about the results. It's not about the product that you create at the end of the day. It's more about the process of creating, process of putting colors down, putting lines down, process of sensing with your fingers what that clay feels like, um, forming it and um, kind of expressing your feelings through that visual medium of art. Uh, So that's the important part of art therapy. Um, And we don't really focus too much on the quality of the artwork. Um, Actually, we don't focus on that at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because a lot of art therapists, we, we often say to clients that, yeah, you don't need any art skills. You don't need any previous knowledge or even training in art therapy, if you're open and willing to give this a try, this will benefit you. This will help you out. So well, and yeah, of course. But isn't that, I guess that's kind of true of any kind of therapy. Like if you're in there mm-hmm. to get help, then, then you're letting go right. a little bit. Yeah, that's so true. I think you have to be a little bit like 
open and willing to try things, willing to open up um, rather than trying to prove anything, right? Rather than sticking too hard on one thing, but kind of opening up possibilities as to where you can go, what, what can happen, right? We, we do therapy to gain new insight, gain um, better understanding of ourselves and other people um, and find new ways to be in this world, I think. So it's the same for our therapy. <laughs> sure, sure. So um, one of the things that I like to do, I, um, and I have many books of them, is just coloring books. Mm-hmm. Is that a kind of art therapy? Um, so coloring books are one tool. So it's like a one modality, just like uh, markers or just like paint ah. or acrylic paint might be another art tool right so coloring books is a is a art tool but in and of itself it can't it wouldn't be considered as art therapy because art therapy is the process that you go through right ah. of creating and expressing yourself with the guide of an art therapist who's there to hold the space guide you uh, give you the things that you need talk things through process things together so I would say just in and of itself, coloring books would be missing the crucial elements that you need for art therapy to happen. Yeah, sure. I understand that. So like right now I, I hold um, programs for brain health and I could package these and put them in a course, but it's just a course. It's not a program. I don't, there's no coaching involved unless I'm there to kind of guide people. And I think uh, when you just said that about the art therapy, that makes so much sense tying it into that because we can color all day, but if we're thinking of other things when we're coloring, it's not really all that therapeutic, right? If you're doing it while you're watching TV, it's not the same thing as when you've got someone talking about why you chose those colors, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is true that coloring books are really helpful and beneficial for a lot of people. But I also heard as an art therapist, like from clients, and also they're just friends and family near me that, you know, coloring books can be also stressful at the same time, uh, for some people. It is because it's it, it might feel like it's there's too much pressure to color inside the lines or, ah. um, you know, some people who are more like anxiety prone in, in that kind of way, it might uh, add some stress to that person instead oh. of coloring with being more relaxing, which can definitely be for a lot of people. So it depends on how you use it, depends on how the person is. Um, ah. They're kind of like where they're at in life or where they're at you know, mentally as and emotionally as well. So that yeah, makes so much sense. Because yeah, <laughs> if you have to, if you're if you've got teeny little spaces, and you're a little bit OCD, and you have to mm-hmm. stay right inside the lines, then I can see how that could be stressful. I never thought about that until you just said that. Thank you. Really, <laughs> yeah. some, something to think about. Now, what about mandalas? Because I love making mandalas, like I just mm-hmm. create them, like even with just bowls and cups, and I'll just make some circles <laughs> and see what happens. Would you consider yeah. they're there, but they're just a tool as well. Yes. True. True. So it, it is one of the tr- tools or structures that you can use just like a square paper is like a structure you can use to make art. Um, but I do believe that mandalas ha- have a, a specific and unique benefit to it. If you use it, um, you know, mandala in and of itself is like a circle. Right. right. And I think that circles uh, serve as a very powerful symbol in our psyches and also it that shape especially gives 
us that feeling of fullness and oneness and connection and connectedness. And I know that, um, I don't know if you know Carl Jung, Oh, yes. um, he's a yeah he's a psychiatrist and he used to use a lot of that uh, that structure the circular mandala structure for his own artwork and for his work with um with his clients as well because that he believed that that uh, circle helps us to integrate parts of ourselves that we don't acknowledge or we're not aware of or maybe we resist so there is something kind of powerful about the structure of a circle and mandala uh, so i think that it's um very unique in its effect and i i myself use mandalas a lot yeah just like you do like using uh, that circle just as a base for me to just kind of put things inside the circle. oh dear yeah yeah so the <laughs> do, do we leave off from Carl Jung or yeah with well, just after you you were explaining just how the circles themselves so we we you got through Jung uh using mm. them but how the circle ah. itself yeah ah yeah so yeah so the circle itself I think has a very symbolic meaning to us humans um kind of universally um and but also it's very uh powerful in its effect in our psyche and I think emotionally as well when we when we look at it so um so that I think it has a very unique effect and that's one of the reasons why I myself use the mandala or the circle format a lot uh, just to do what you do right like put things inside the circle maybe put some colors um, see what comes up and I definitely yeah. think that it's one of the um, activities that people can try for themselves too. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I, I just, I really enjoy them. So um, how does art therapy then, if we're getting into this space, how would it help the brain? So one of the things I teach is mm -hmm. the importance of um, nurturing a creative self. So that would probably be part of it, but is there anything that actually happens in the brain when we do these practices? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we definitely need more research on this, like how our therapy specifically affects our brain. But so far, what, what we know is that um, recently, actually, we found that like memories are, I don't know if you also know this, but memories are most often stored in our bodies as images. Yes. and actually sensory information it's not like words are stored in our brain right? right it's more like images visual images and sensory information so um so that's the case for most of us and so when we want to work with memories um to recall them or to process them to reframe our memories to you know gain new meaning maybe uh, if you want to do that, then we want to access those memories in the memories oh. language, which is images and sensory information. So um, that's what I think that's why one of the reasons why art therapy can be really powerful, because it can access those visual memories, um, the, those images and sensory information almost directly. Right. We're working with images mm. in art therapy. So so that's how uh, like art therapy can work with memories um, in a body specifically, but also I think art therapy really deals with a lot of our cognitive functions in our brain. So like um, it can really enhance our problem solving skills, um, decision-making skills, even sequencing, planning things like executive function stuff. Um, and I, 
and I've heard that drawing, this is based on research, but drawing also improves children's um, the exact abilities that I just, you know, shared yes. with you, like the problem solving skills, planning, decision making, things like that. Yeah. Also, it's really good for people who are also aging as well. So as we get older, we lose some memory, right? And we lose like brain mass <laughs> and also the blood flow to our brain. Uh, which, you know, kind of decreases our, you know, functioning, um, brain functioning. So when we make art, actually, it really helps us heighten those mental functions. So it counteracts memory loss, actually, and um, prevents us from getting words or actually speeds up processing, um, which actually slows down as we age. So really great for people who are also aging. Um, But I think that maybe the most kind of uh, maybe important or maybe what I think is like essential about art therapy is like art really activates both part of our Mm. hemispheres of our brain, not just the functions of the left brain or the functions of the right brain, but both at the same time, because it uses our imagination, it uses our intuition, it uses our senses and emotions, but also we have to plan things out when we make art. We have to um, also talk about our artwork, especially in art therapy, right? And so we use those two things, two sides of our brain or the functions of those those two hemispheres um, at the same time. So like some people are more like really logic focused, but then they lose that creative part of ourselves, part of themselves. And so um, I think that art can be a balancing kind of, way um i believe i agree i agree with you there i'm I'm streaming okay right now (laughs) yeah you you came back yeah Yeah. i think the important thing for us us to remember is that uh and and it's the same with music right because i teach music as a as a Mm. therapy harp especially but we're using both sides of the brain and people Mm. with uh, artistic um strengths or talents or or use it they actually have a thicker corpus callosum, which is the part of the brain that connects the two hemispheres. So mm-hmm. we're actually nurturing the physical growth and, and health of that, that part of our brain that connects the hemispheres. So I can actually mm-hmm. see now with, that you mentioned it that way, that art would make a good, would, would do exactly the same thing as music yeah. does. Yeah. 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 What a, so people like people who are watching this, this is really important information because we often think that we have to firstly be artists to do art, which obviously she says is not the case, but um, how it helps our brains so much, no matter what we do. So let's go back to, you said about squares. Um, one of the things I used to, to teach when we had retreats here was Zen tangles. Mm. So when you take a piece of square paper and it has supposed to have special dimensions and you build things within that, that to me would probably be a really cool way to get both hemispheres going. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, a lot of drawing, a lot of um, painting, actually certain types of activities and certain types of materials you use um, actually activate certain certain functions of the brain more than the other so Uh depends on so art therapists kind of like think of or when they plan therapy sessions like they think of where the client is at and 
um, where they might need work. And then they introduce, the art therapist introduces certain processes or materials to kind of uh, target certain needs and goals that the client has. So, so for example, the drawing, yeah, the Zentangle will be great for, um, great for certain uh, functions of the brain. Sure. Uh, but especially for Zentangle, it will be really um, good in terms of um, kind of controlling emotions or managing emotions. Um, it's easier for people to approach. So definitely that can be like a, uh, um, gateway drug in a way right? like <laughs> sure, sure. Door it's a gateway to... sure that makes sense yeah yeah, like yeah because it's so structured of... if you if yes. you tend to be a structured person it really helps I, right. I found that a lot especially with my my CEO my my um kind of closed down harpists I would have them use the entangles just so that they'd stop being so closed down and they'd feel mm -hmm. freer to to be a little bit more creative and it was something that I wasn't afraid to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a math math person too. So, uh, what? Um, I'm just going to go back and, and go back. What's the best uh, exercise? You you mentioned in your notes to me that there's a simple exercise people can do at home. Could you guide us through something like that now? It's not complicated. It's a simple exercise that you can do, um, and that is a magazine collage of uh, of a problem or maybe just where you are at right now in life. So um, magazine collage, how you do it is you just gather some magazines that you have that you don't mind cutting up. <laughs> uh, so old magazines can do well. Um, I know some libraries donate old magazines, things like that. So they're pretty accessible. Uh, so you just collect some print images. That's okay. And you would um, just pick and choose words and images in the magazine that kind of speaks to you in terms of where you are at in life right now. So where, how you're feeling, or maybe if it's a certain problem. Um, so uh, choosing images or words that kind of connect to that problem. And you would just uh, cut and paste those on a piece of paper. Um, uh, it doesn't have to be big. It can be a little bit larger than maybe a letter size paper. Um, and there's, you know, you don't have to make it special, you can just, you know, lay it out whatever way you want to, and then paste it there. Um, and this is a really great activity. And I really recommend to people, uh, because it gives really great structure for people. Um, and also, it's simple to do not a lot of materials, just magazines. And, right. blue. <laughs> so then, <laughs> uh, and then second is that it's a really great way to connect with ourselves and connect with our emotions and also express them on paper without requiring special skills like drawing, right? right. Drawing can definitely require some skills on our on ourselves, especially when we're trying to represent realistic things, right? So when we use collage, we're not drawing at all. We're not using pencils. Right. Uh, we're not really demonstrating any specific skills. Um, so it's easy to do. It's very approachable. We're just Makes using whatever's available. So I find it is a really in good introductory um, art exercise people can do at home. Perfect. Oh, when when I um, when I put the show notes up, I'll make sure I write to, to people and say, get some old magazines and some scissors and, and have some fun with this. Mm -hmm. This has been wonderful. Tell us how people can get in touch with you because um, I, I would 
I might even do an art therapy class. You know, I might do something. I just feel that this yeah. is something that a lot of people need to do. How can people reach you to uh, learn more? Yeah, so uh, people can reach me on my website, thirstyforart.com. And actually, I am opening up a new therapeutic art making group online. So I'm so excited for that. You can sign up on my website, thirstyforart.com. Um, you'll see it on my homepage, but it's, yeah, it's like online art making, gathering people, and we have an art therapist facilitator who's going to help people, you know, make art, and you don't need any skills, as I said before. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. that's and- perfect. That's just, what a wonderful <laughs> thing to do. Okay, so thirstyforart.com. I'll also mm-hmm. have that on the show notes. Thank you, my dear, so much for joining us and for sharing your wisdom. And I hope you've inspired lots of people to uh, get out of themselves and just enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Enjoy the process. Thank you, Kate, (laughs) for having me. This was really wonderful. You're very welcome. Take good care. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Brain Health Matters. Be sure to tune in next week because Dr. Scott Saunders will be telling us what effect our dental health has on our brains. And if you want to stay up to date with all of the episodes as they're released, you can subscribe to Brain Health Matters on YouTube or your favorite podcast service. See you next week.